Welcome to the Building Community Podcast, a show for thought leaders like you. You know that success depends on relationships between your organization and the people in and around it. This season will focus on insider insights, where experts will let you in on their best practices in a specific area of community building. Together, we shine the light on how community helps you reach your corporate goals. I'm your host, Simona Pacha, and I've been empowering organizations for a decade and a half doing exactly that. Ready for it? Listen in as we set out to make communities thrive. We need to appreciate people's complexity and let their behaviors lead the way. This is Selena Guerrero, founder of Tesselata and Partners, LLC. Selena is an entrepreneur and a sales and LinkedIn coach. She helps her clients establish relationships that build business. This is exactly what we discussed in today's episode, the importance of relationships and building trust as we strive for success in business and in community building. And we also looked at the many parallels that we see between sales approaches and community building. Interested in Selena and her work? Find out more in the show notes. So I've been preaching for a while now that when it comes to community, we don't need to reinvent the wheel. We can simply shift a little bit. And after we look at what's working for others, we can take on those approaches for ourselves. We can reach out and borrow from other disciplines. And today, that's what we're looking at. We're looking at the sales approach with an expert in human-led and human-centered sales. What do sales and community have in common? And where are the clear differentiators? Welcome to the show, Selena. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited about this conversation. Sales and community have so much in common. I think definitely when we think about human-led sales, it's really about the relationship with us and our potential clients. There are in most fields, a lot of competition. And I think that in order for us to actually really stand out and be attractive to our ideal client, we need to really be authentic. When we actually talk to our prospective clients and we see them as human beings with real problems and real challenges, they feel and they see and they hear that we're listening to them. It really changes the game. When I'm looking for X kind of, you know, service provider, let's say, I'm probably going to go with the person that I feel understands me the most. And so it's really about that relationship between two people in the sales conversation in particular. I think secondly, so many businesses really rely on marketing and funnels and workshops. And I like to say one-to-one sales conversation doesn't scale, but that's why it's so special. You know, when you have to call a helpline or something and you just get a robot talking to you over and over again. I mean, we all want at some point to have that one-on-one conversation where we go beyond general problems, right? We finally get an opportunity to have a conversation one-on-one, but it only really works if they're listening to us. So sales today absolutely has to be human-led, meaning very focused on serving and listening more than ever, ever before. So there's a lot of points that you're bringing up here that I want to unpack. The first is the authenticity, the authenticity on the level of the organization and the authenticity on the level of the salesperson. Second is the traditional marketing versus the new approach to marketing. This one approach where in traditional marketing, we've tried to go away from the bulk effort now and go to more the one-on-one or one-to-many approaches. How can organizations still be authentic? 
when they're trying to shift their approach? Well, it, it's different by industry, but like roughly 65% of the buying process is done through marketing online. And they're speaking to the salesperson later and later. So let's just say it's 65 and 35, right? Only the 35% mark are they actually getting on the phone with the salesperson, okay? And so what we can do as salespeople and what we need to be doing is actually having those conversations in that 65% area. In other words, we can have sales conversations in direct messages, for example, in let's say LinkedIn, if you're in the B2B space in particular, you can also engage with content in the comments, right? So much of what the salespeople need to be focused on is starting those conversations earlier and bringing their authentic selves to the marketplace. Because if you wait to start that conversation, you've missed an opportunity to really connect and really hear each other and learn about each other. And we see from community that this learning process, understanding us as an organization, understanding our product, it has a lot to do not just with authenticity, but also transparency. When we're making mistakes as an organization, when some of our products aren't functioning the way that we want them to function, be transparent, show our humanity and show that we want to do better for our teams. And often I see that that actually creates much better relationships than we had before because people see our humanity. They say, okay, there's people behind this. This isn't just a bad organization trying to take advantage of us and trying to sell us a product that doesn't really do what it's supposed to do. Well, years ago, I had a formal sales executive job and I remember something bad happened with the client. And I went to my boss and I said, this awful thing happened. And he said, listen, I'm going to tell you something. When things go bad, and you reach out to have that conversation to try to resolve what happened, your relationship will be better afterwards. And he was so right. I had this conversation. It was very difficult. And I heard this person's frustrations. In the end, our relationship got stronger. And from then on, that working relationship continued to strengthen. So I could not agree more with that sentiment. Yeah. Talking about being real, talking about being human and letting people in when considering community and sales, where the overlaps and where do they differentiate from each other? I think they're more similar than different. We need to establish authority and we need to establish empathy. We need to establish all understanding. And I think that the idea of community is really a sense of belonging it's really a sense of being understood. And I think that today, more than ever, those are so, so similar. Like we just want to be seen for who we are. We're so exhausted of being somebody that we're not today. And I think just being seen for who we are is so important. I have a friend who went to Harvard and he said, well, you go to Harvard for the name, but you also go really for the relationships. Because anytime you leave Harvard, years later, you can go out to their community and ask something of somebody and they will do it for you. When we're talking about community for organizations, oftentimes I talk about employee communities or customer communities, but what a lot of large organizations, especially in the tech field, have in the SaaS communities, they have user communities, communities of people who are fans of their products, who are users of their products. And the goal of those organizations is on the one side, yes, to build those long-term relationships and then 
to improve also the user experience on top of just selling them a product, a software service. We want to build this connection by giving them one-on-one attention within this community, but also to give them the opportunity to connect with others that are like-minded, that have the same passion for that product. They also want to gain feedback. Well, it's interesting. I have a friend and he has had multiple startups that he has sold. And I remember when I first met him, this was on his first business, he was telling me how he would go into these Reddit communities and Medium and all these social networks and he would ask questions and he had a huge user base and he was always asking the user base, you know, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? I mean, I'm not an authority on the statistics here, but if you've created a SaaS product in the last 10 years, you have been successful specifically because you're actually asking your community what they want. That creates loyalty and that creates more sales. There's no question. No question. And and I see this every day in organizations that want to sell products, but also in organizations who just want to retain their team members. It's when you go down deep and just like you're saying, when you're putting people first, when you're listening to them, when you're truly connecting, when you're asking them, what is it that you need? And then actually responding to this, not just writing it down somewhere in a questionnaire, but actually sitting down and then thinking about how do I build programs to actually support fulfilling these needs? That's what's golden right now. Yeah. And I think a parallel there is that there can be surveys, marketing surveys. I get them all the time from applications that I use, software that I use. And there's just something so different about someone personally reaching out to me and saying, Hey, can I talk to you about this? And I really see it as one to many is the marketing, right? And then the one to one is the sales piece. And I think in community building or in sales, you kind of need to have both, right? Because to some extent, Some people aren't going to want to have that one-to-one conversation. They might want that survey. They might want to be part of the community, but not necessarily speak up so much. Today, if you are listening, not some bot that's actually taking in the information from things that people are putting out online, which I'm not here to bash that. I think that's important too. I think actual listening and understanding our communities is essential to have a thriving business. There's one other point that's a big parallel between sales and community. It's all about data. Our relationships can only be as good as our data is. I always say each community team should have an analytics person, a data person to actually look what services are people using? Where do they engage most? How often do they engage? What catches their attention? who's been active, who has not been active? And then we can put together our strategy and say, look, those people who've been active in the beginning and after month three, they're trailing off. We're doing something wrong in our strategy. We need to find a way to keep those people engaged. That allows us to understand who the people are that we're serving and what it is that they need. And I think in sales, it's the same. Data is the basis of what allows us to be effective both in sales and in community. I agree. I worked with companies many years ago where they didn't have the tools that we take for granted today, like sending out an email and actually getting analytics back about who opened it. On the marketing side, there have been such immense growth in terms of MarTech, right? How do we actually take the data and then how do we actually analyze it? This is so huge for very large businesses, right? This is how marketers are actually making decisions. And then on the other side, With sales, there are so many sales tools. And sometimes they're actually one giant tool, right? Which cover both marketing and sales. But it should tell me, did someone 
visit my website? Did they have a call with the salesperson? Did they comment on something on a platform? We can get a fuller picture of who is engaged and be able to really tap into the enthusiasm, if you will, on the community side. And then on the sales side, really make sure that we're engaging them in a way that doesn't lose their interest and then convert them into a client. So 100% about looking at that data. I think the challenge is there's so much data. You've got to decide on what you're actually going to look at. What are the actual KPIs that are important to your business? And that's a whole other issue in itself. That's so true. Oftentimes, we're very tempted to make assumptions because we've worked with our customers and our clients and our community members for a very long time. So we, as the leaders, as those in charge, think, hey, we know them. We've seen their past behavior, but past behavior is not always an indicator for future behavior and for future success. We've come from 100 years of having somebody be the authority and someone else buy from that authority. And I think that this mindset is very difficult to undo. I know so deeply that I need to listen to someone and only when they've articulated the problem, only when they've done that, can I introduce my solution? Because what that does is I become a solution to their problem that they've acknowledged and articulated. I haven't come in, assume they have something. And this is what happens most of the time with salespeople. We assume they have a problem they don't have. And then this person is like, what? I don't know who this person is. They have no idea what my real problem is. So we've gotten ourselves into an opportunity to speak with a potential client, but then we provide a solution that is not what they need. And then of course, they're not going to hire us. Why would they hire us? Because we're providing a solution to a problem they don't actually have. And when we're looking at root cause analysis, oftentimes what presents as a problem in the first place isn't really what the problem is. You got to dig deep first. And that's the same with community. When there is problems within an organization, when we're looking at corporate culture, oftentimes the issue isn't what it first seems to be. And that's in those sales conversations that you're mentioning. When you dig deep, when you listen first, when you actually let the prospect, the potential client present to you what they believe the problem is and then dig deeper with questions and let them see first before you actually say, hey, this is where we're going to start helping you out. That's a whole different approach. You actually give them power back. Absolutely. And, you know, community for a corporation and a community of potential buyers, they're not really any different. They want to be heard. And then once they feel heard, they want the response that is reflective of what it is that they just said, that it actually responds appropriately to what they share. I think in some cases, they share things that are the root cause of what's happening. And then the leadership or the sales is almost deaf to that and responds in a way that doesn't align with what the person, the community just shared. And then you have big problems. Yeah. And that's exactly the big disconnect when we don't feel seen and when we don't feel heard. Let me ask you one other thing. When we're talking about community, we also often talk about starting to identify personas, personas of our members. And that's something that we do in marketing and that we do in sales. And I think there are some parallels, but there is also differences when we're looking at defining personas for our core audience here. Well, I think for sales, the challenges that we are looking into the market and we're trying to assess who is the right fit client. And I think that there's a couple of layers. There is search that we can do based on information that's out there on the internet. And I would 
use LinkedIn as a very simple example. We can see if somebody has the title that might be a good ideal client in an industry that we work with, potentially in a region that we work with. Those are sort of the top line searchable criteria that are pretty easily identifiable. But then there's the second sort of experiential, right? What kind of experiences has this person had that's going to inform us if they actually have the problem that we can solve? And then there's the behavioral. So there's multiple layers in that. And in community, is it similar in sense that you have to do the same constant qualification? How we go about defining personas in a community is... We try and stay away from the typical demographics, the age groups, the gender, the cultural backgrounds. We focus more on the behavioral and experiential approach. So it's about what do people love? What do they hate? What triggers them positively? What triggers them negatively? What is the ultimate reason why they're in a community? So for us, it's not those facts that you can look up on LinkedIn the way that you mentioned. This is really appropriate for sales. But in a community, it's more about those intangibles. Every woman doesn't feel the same way about being in a community of runners, for example, if you're looking at a runner's club. It's about experiences that people have had in life and experiences that they wish to get out of that framework, the community that we build for them around them. So it's a bit of a different approach. Yes, personas. But actually identifying and developing these personas is a little bit of a different approach when you're coming from the marketing and sales perspective versus the community perspective, I believe. I think the big takeaway is that it's important not to assume. People are complex. And if anything, it also says to me, we have untapped opportunities because maybe we're limiting ourselves based on some predefined criteria that we've come up with that maybe is no longer functioning, which circles back to this idea that we need to listen, looking at it holistically and making sure, to your point, that we're focusing on the right things. The simple solution is just to say, oh, all we have to do is check these boxes. And it's not that simple. We need to appreciate people's complexity and let their behaviors lead the way. And when you're saying simple, the simple things in life, a handwritten note, a follow-up, a check-in when we least expected it because they saw maybe on LinkedIn that I'm out sick at the moment. While those things may seem simple, they're actually the hard things. That's the hands-on development Mm. of relationships that takes time, that takes Mm. effort, that takes being on top of things. With community management, often organizations have only one person who's in charge of community. And that gets really tough when you have a community of a few thousands that you're managing. People have very busy lives. If they're going to participate in your community, they're prioritizing that over other things. So I think that any way you can differentiate yourself through that personal note, anything that can kind of differentiate you. And I'll also say this, that I think it is difficult to scale that process, right? How do we do this one-to-one, making sure that we're spending time with those people that have already indicated through data or through speaking up or through sharing and really focusing on them. I would say on the community side, interesting thing there is I can imagine if you've got one community leader and a thousand people in that community to get ambassadors, leaders within the community itself to take on some of that work. You want to develop leaders within your own communities so that you're not just doing it alone. And frankly, isn't that more effective? 
when we think about sales, we think about ambassadors within our own services, people who are going out there and referring us or talking about us. So it can be scalable in that way. And that's exactly what you want to do when you build a community. You want to let community members build a community from the ground up at its core. You're there as an organization to help provide the framework to, you know, lend this helping hand when they need it. But developing community guidelines and organizing community events, answering each other's questions, helping each other out, rooting for each other and lifting each other up when something is tough. That's what the members should ideally do themselves. That brings me to a thought, Selena, that there is a huge symbiosis actually between sales and community and one can create additional value with the other. So benefit for both scenarios where sales can help community and where also community can help sales. So many of the sales conversations that are effective are in communities already. I was listening to someone the other day and they were saying, the funnel is dead. Let's get our salespeople in those communities having conversations ahead of it. As a salesperson, I'm not doing one-to-one marketing. I'm creating conversations in online communities. Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Reddit, this is where these conversations are happening. And this really just reinforces this foundational principle, which is that we need to listen. If salespeople are spending time in the community, they're hearing what is happening with their client, the potential clients, their potential client communities. And so when they actually get into the one-on-one conversation, they're so much more informed. I mean, a big problem with sales teams today in particular is just them not actually understanding what they're selling and not understanding how it actually gets utilized. They have these use cases, which are really critical. But what if we have people who are going to enable the success of their clients already being part of that community before they have these one-on-one conversations. That's the differentiator. That's the differentiator. So sell the solution, not the product. Yes, but we can only sell that solution if we understand the problem. The issue is that we end up trying to put our advice on somebody who hasn't articulated that problem. This is just a foundational issue. And it goes back again, we need to listen We need to have empathy. We need to be part of the conversation. We need to enable the success of our clients and not assume. Have you ever talked to a salesperson and you feel like they're being condescending because they've already assumed that they know better than you? Yeah. And I think this can happen in large corporations or in any organization. If you just listen to what your people want, then you're developing that solution for what it is that they're articulating. So you're winning by listening. You're winning already by being part of that community. And when we're talking about community, we want the sales teams to listen, to understand. What I don't want the sales team to do is to post the link, hey, buy this new product or sell to a person directly, right? Community is not the right place for that. The community is exactly for what you said, create understanding, show your support, enable success, and then sell on the other side. That's the part where community can help sales. But I also know that sales can help community because the challenge we often have is the ROI of community. It's very hard to put numbers on that in the very beginning. And what we often see is if you have a community and you can create a correlation between active members in a community and increased sales or repeat sales, it's much easier to sell to senior management 
I need a budget for staffing, for the technology platform, for community matters, if there is a concrete output they can see. And oftentimes we get budgets if we can save the organization time, money, effort, or create additional revenue. And I think that's where sales can help community in that sense that we can visualize some of those advantages that community brings to an organization. Yeah, I was just reading something about the importance of thought leadership. That's another type of thing that is difficult, especially beginning stages, getting that ROI. And I think one of the things that can be useful is that sort of, how did you hear about us? Like looking at the source of where the sale is coming from, because the data is simply not going to show that all the time because there are so many multiple points and experiences that consumers have today. So I definitely feel like understanding where they're coming from, what their influences are to that sale, so to speak, is really important. And I think we can look at the idea of affiliates, the idea of ambassadors, this idea of influencers. These are all working to generate sales. And I agree that it is difficult because I think sometimes that ROI takes time. And I think in our world of sort of immediate, you know, quarterly results and stuff, it's hard. Sometimes that is difficult to align. But I think examples are all over the place for how valuable community is in the end. Let me ask you, Selena, we've touched probably on most of this already, but I want to kind of clearly define what's the approach or the framework to human-led sales that we can pull out of our toolbox. This relationship, that one-on-one connection, you were talking about the experiences that we're creating, the internal, the external experiences. What is a framework that people can try and apply in their own organizations? I think it's really comes down to relationship building. Whether you're building a relationship with a friend or you're building rapport with your new boss or, and a lot of people don't like talking about it, but dating. The first thing is that you do need to connect somewhere. At some point, your paths must cross. (laughs) This is essential. And so especially in sales, we need to activate that connection point. And then we need to introduce ourselves. And at this point, what I think often happens is people say, oh, will you go on a date with me? And then, oh, they show up to the date and they say, oh, would you like to get married? We need to respect this process of getting to know one another. And I think this also speaks to ROI. People are not vending machines. And the process is really connecting, some sort of introduction. And then there's this learning process of, let's learn about you And you learn about me because trust in particular in the sales process is extremely important. And I'm sure it is in community building as well. Nobody wants to belong to a community that they don't trust the leadership or that lack of transparency you spoke about earlier, right? They need to learn about us and we need to learn about them. And only then can we get to the place where we have some sort of conversion. I call it the missing middle. People often meet somebody and they go directly to the sale and We need to have that middle space. It really is essential. So that's the simple version. But I think it's no different than our everyday relationship building process. We have this big vision why we want to have this community for our members. We have this big mission from the organizational perspective. And we start just running in that direction. But we forget that when we're looking at the other side of the coin, when we're looking at our potential members, the vision and mission that they have for the community is totally different. 
before we even get to start this roadmap where we look at, okay, this is the approach that side A wants. This is the approach that side B wants. How do we bring that together in a roadmap? That's actually a repeatable process in the long run. How can we implement that and then just iterate and build upon that? It makes me smile again because it's another one of those things where I think sales and community have so much in common while they're so different from each other at the same time. I loved hearing that. That is so interesting because it's exactly the same. I have my service and I have this grand vision of how it's going to change the world right, for all my clients. And I go in there and they have a totally different experience. The thing about sales or, or about business development or client relationships, it's really a partnership. And I like what you said earlier about like early stages, you're going to have a different dynamic than maybe a more mature organization. And that's certainly true in sales as well. But at the end, it's a partnership. If you look at your most favorite experiences, it's a partnership. It's a friendship. There's symbiosis there. It's not one party dictating something that they want and the other person just sort of doing what they're being told. That is not going to breed loyalty and sales and ROI in the end. It's respecting the process, valuing both sides and building trust, a perfect symbiosis. Thanks so much for being with us today, Selena. This was an amazing talk. Thank you for having me. I just really enjoyed this conversation. I feel like community and sales is so much more alike than I even thought before we started the conversation. So I love that and I learned a lot. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Building Community Podcast. Is there a leader in your organization or network who needs to hear this? Please share this podcast with them. Help get the word out about the immense value of community. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe, tell a friend, and leave us a review. Until next time, help your communities thrive. Thank you.